Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The JW Show. I'm your host, Joshua Washington, director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. And my host today is Casa Binasai Harbor. Uh, Casa arrived in Miami in March of 2019 to assume the role as Deputy Consul General at the Israeli Consulate in Miami. Previously, she served as the Deputy Head of Mission at the Israeli Embassy in Wellington, New Zealand. Before being assigned to New Zealand, Casa served as the Deputy Head of Mission at the Israeli Embassy in Yangon, Myanmar. Casa holds a master's from Tel Aviv University in the field of public policy and a bachelor's from Hebrew University in the field of international relations and education. She is fluent in Amharic, Hebrew, and English. Casa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Joshua, for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. And Casa, before we dive into this, can you just tell us about yourself? How did you get to where you are and where did it all begin for you? Well, that's a very good question, Joshua. I grew up in a in a in an Ethiopian village, in a Ethiopian Jewish community village in the north of Ethiopia, um, and I I grew up in in environment where public servant and serving the community was very natural. Uh, my grandfather was kind of doctor. When I say kind of a doctor, he made medicine by you know plants, uh, you know what we call today alternative medicines. Uh, for us, that was the only medicines. It wasn't alternative. Uh, so everyone were welcome in our house. My grandfather, you know, served everyone and giving advices. And people come came to him to our house. It doesn't matter what their religion was and what their background was, our house was open for everyone. So the sense of caring and and, uh, taking care of a community and serving the community was very natural for me. I grew up in that environment. So so to become a diplomat for the state of Israel and and, um, and to be a a public servant worker uh, was, was just natural for me. Yeah. Um, what what kind of drove you to arriving to where you are now uh, as the deputy consul general? Uh, well, I um, when I uh, when we we came to Israel in, when I was ten years old, hmm. and uh, as a ten years old, I grew up you know most of my life in Israel, and I finished you know high school, uh, and I went like every the same path every Israeli goes, you know, finishing high school, serving in the army, mm-hmm. and then going to the university. As in between university and and, and uh, the army, I came to America to teach Hebrew at the Jewish camp with the Jewish community here. And that sense, and also later on, I was Israel fellow at uh, the campus where I was in charge of Israel program on uh, Hillel, um, a Jewish organization on campuses. Um, at that, I learned, you know, the struggle of you know defending Israel and you know um, all the anti-Israel groups that were on campuses and other places. Um, that's that was the moment that I decided to be a diplomat, where I want mm-hmm. to be in a place where I can um, you know represent Israel to show what Israel is. And mind you, the most of the media, the big media, they were biased against Israel. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I saw that on campuses, I said I have to I have to go where the decision makers are. You know, with the decision makers, are, and uh, that's 
what led me to be a diplomat and to be in a place where I can show the true face of Israel and to promote Israel in many ways um, and to strengthen the connection between um, the host country and Israel. And in my case, currently in Florida, between Florida and Israel and in the relationship to, to work together on many uh, many ways like Israel has to offer an innovation, high tech and many uh, many fields um, and to bring in the Israeli experts to Florida, how Israel can help Florida in many in many issues. So I think uh, it's working great. Uh, the Israeli consulate here in Florida in Florida is doing great. Um, yeah, I'm just in general very happy uh, to represent Israel everywhere. And Casa, can you tell me, uh, you said in the beginning that you came to Israel with your family when you were 10 years old. Um, how can you, for our listeners, how does that work? What happened? And, and yeah, how did that come about? What made you guys have to come to Israel? Well, you know, um, the the story of Israel and the Jewish people started in the time the time of uh, the Bible. Mind you, we were uh, 12 tribes and mm-hmm. Judah was one of them. And that's why most of the Jewish people called Jewish after the name of Judah was the last tribe to stay in Israel. Mm. And uh, after the destruction of the, the first temple and the second temple, most of the tribes, they kind of lost and went, you know, were exiled out of Israel. And we were one of the tribe, tribe of Dan. And the longing and going back, the dream to going back to go back to Israel, it's always part of my life mm. since I was a little girl, you know. And that was the dream, and that was that that was where we were praying for every morning and every night. Uh, and to come back home to Jerusalem, to Jerusalem was was just just natural. Okay, um, so when we found a way that there is a way to go to Jerusalem, we didn't even think twice. We said, yes, we're going. And part of us, we we walked through the desert of Sudan and part of us through Europe and many, many other ways. Mm-hmm. And my particular family, we came through Europe, uh, mind you, in Ethiopia and in, in the 80s and the 90s, um, uh, was under the control of uh, a communist regime of Mengistu Ale Mariam. Mm. And, that, and that regime wouldn't let any, any Jew to leave Ethiopia. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we had kind of to hide our destination and um, and to to flee to flee Ethiopia like many other Ethiopians that uh, flee in that that days in the nineties in the eighties and the nineties. Um, so when we you know the dream came, we just said more, you know we didn't think twice. We just took a few clothes and that's it, and we left Ethiopia and we came to 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 Israel to our dream to Jerusalem. It's our natural pla- place, our ancestors' place, um, and in the state of Israel, the re creation of the state of Israel is to bring back uh, to our birthright place uh, the the Jews the diaspora Jews Jews from all over the world mind you again uh, we used to be 12 tribes so the state of Israel is open to every Jew that wants to come and to live in Israel we call it Aliyah Aliyah means to take one step up uh, which means that in terms of spiritually when you come to Israel you you become a little bit higher in your speech, spiritual world because Israel is the holy land and Jerusalem is the holy city. Uh, and that's why we call it Aliyah. So the Israel is open for every Jew and, um, and from the right place. Uh, and every Jew can become automatically citizen. 
every every Jew can become a citizen of Israel automatically. The the idea of to recreate the state of Israel is to open our house again, uh, to build our house again after thousands of years of exile. Um, and you know, Ethiopian Jews return home, Indian Jews, and all the Jews from all over the world return home, and very you know. That's the 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 main purpose of the of the state of Israel, to to be a home, a safe home, uh, again to create our safe home, uh, again after thousands of years, um, and thank God we have a safe home, and doesn't matter where you are, if you are in trouble or anything, every Jew in every corner of the of the of the world, um, the 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 door to come to Israel is open for them, mm. um. Or, and so that's the, the whole point of the state of Israel. And even, even now, uh, there are some Ethiopian Jews coming from Ethiopia to, yeah. to Israel. Just last weekend on Thursday came about 300 uh, Jews uh, on, from Ethiopia to, to Israel. And there are many people that are making Aliyah and coming to Israel uh, from United States, from Canada, from Europe, from South America, from every, every corner. Um, and it's really amazing that it's 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 just um, unbelievable for for me uh, after years of praying of my parents, my grandparents, my great great parents, mm. my great 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 parents mm. that they pray to come back to Jerusalem to Jerusalem. Mm. For me, it's such a miracle that happens in my time. Just mm. the fact that I am in Israel in Jerusalem. The fact that I'm right now talking with you about it, mm. for me, is just miracle, mm. you know? Uh, and God works in a very mysterious ways. Mm. And sometimes I ask myself, why me? Why in my time? What's the purpose of, of, of my life that I, you know, God brought me to Israel in my time right now. Mm. I think this is one of the reasons that I, I became a diplomat for the state of Israel because wow. I I want to do a meaningful job for my country to do something, to contribute in a way that I can bring the beauty of Israel and do good things for Israel um, and to show the strength and the, and the ability of Israel um, because I woke up every morning and I can still believe that I'm in my time. We we came to Israel. You mm. understand? It's just like wow, it's just a miracle. Mm. And it's not uh, a distant I, dream anymore. It's it's a reality for you. Yeah, it's a reality. It's, mm. It has been the dream of my grand grandparents, mm. um, and it has the dream of my community. And many people, you know, couldn't make it, and they died on the way in Sudan, and and some of my family members as well. And we just, you know, have to do the best of it. And we're so lucky and also miracle that we made it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned this too. I want to, I want you to, to maybe expound on it a little bit. You said your, you said your grandparents, you said they, or, or some of your relatives traveled through Sudan to Israel. A lot of Ethiopians try to do that on foot before the airlifts from Israel. Can you can yes. you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, um, uh, like I said, uh, in the 80s and the 90s, uh, Ethiopia was controlled by a communist regime of Mengistuayla Mariam. Mm. And that regime wouldn't let any Ethiopian or anyone leave, uh, especially not to Israel, as Israel was the Western ally and, and Ethiopia was the Soviet Union ally. Mm. Um, uh, so our community, they decided to walk like our ancestor did from Egypt to Israel, <laughs> just to walk. Wow. Uh, like Moses led the way and yeah. we found some leaders and they walked. And uh, I'll give you an example. My mother, she's a, uh, you know, she's a twin, her twin sister, she decided to walk through Sudan uh, mm. to Israel. And unfortunately, she didn't make it. She died on the way. Wow. And many people died on the way, many kids uh, in, star in starvation and or in robbery of the Sudanese uh, uh, people mm. um, or in just, you know, in some, you know, they were sick or or it's just many, many people, uh, thousands of people died on the way. Um, and mm. that's, you know, the sacrifice, the, you know, sacrifice to, Yeru you know, to Jerusalem, to go to Jerusalem. And, and, and they walked <laughs> days, nights, uh, weeks, months, um, and they suffered in, in refugee camps in Sudan, mm. and, and that's where where the state of Israel stepped in and helped uh, us to you know to to come from Sudan to to Israel, and with the famous movie the um, Red Sea Diving Resort. Uh, if, mm. you saw, if you saw that on, on yeah. Netflix. Um, but the work itself, the physical work, the dreaming, our my, my community did. And there are many stories how they, you know, I have a friend. Um, she's a great, she's she's a nurse now in Israel and mm. she's brilliant. She walked in the desert with her, you know, one-year-old son. And she was a single mother. Oh, wow. And to, as a single mother, to do that by yourself with a little baby, mm. it's, it's, you know, it was just, dangerous yeah. very dangerous i mean it's dangerous for everyone but especially for a woman and and, and a single mother mm. and i remember she told me that her son was so thirsty she couldn't even breastfeed him or to nurse him because mm. she didn't have enough water mm. and she said you know it's she put him on a you know you know how the ethiopian used to carry the baby on the back mm. on the back and our back, and uh, we use the letter things to, you know, to cover. Anyway, she yeah. put the letter cover on the floor, and she set her baby on the floor. And because he was so thirsty, he, you know, he he did he did pee pee he did he pee, and he drank his own pee oh, wow. as a baby. Wow. It's just the stories oh. are heartbreaking yeah. and. You know, and all of that to come to you, you know, as I as, as I, I talk to you right now, as I speak to you right now, mm. there are tears in my eyes because mm. it's just, oh, the story is just unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. And all of that just, you know, because of the dream to come back to Jerusalem. Mm. And uh, it's just so powerful. It's just so the sacrifice that we did in my community um, and you know what? And thank God, you know, uh, a lot of us made it. Mm. And, and um, yeah. Wow. And the state of Israel helped a lot in terms of education, in terms of housing, mm. 
Um, mind you, we came, we left everything in Ethiopia. We didn't mm. sell our farm or nothing. Mm. And the state of Israel helped us a lot with housing, with the mm. schooling, uh, you know, giving us tuition and everything that we need. Mm. Um, there are some challenges. Yeah. You know, that, that's the reality of life. Mm. But if you look at it in overall, um, yeah, it helped. The state of Israel helped a lot. A lot, yeah. Thank you, Casa. Wow, there are tears in my eyes right now too, just listening to you. Um, Casa, why, why did the Israeli government decide to bring the Ethiopian Jews back to Israel? What was what was the reason? Well, first of all, we um, we made we made the connection, mm-hmm. and mind you, the connection between the Jews in the diaspora and the Jews in Ethiopia. It was more than 100 years ago. We started with the anthropological researcher who who decided to research the lost tribes. Mm. And they arrived to Ethiopia. And the Ethiopian Jews, they thought that they are European missionaries and they fought them. We couldn't believe there are white Jews, right? White <laughs> people <laughs> of Israel that are white. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. <laughs> uh, um, so it took a while to build the relationship and the trust that the people, the white people are claiming, you know, that they are part of people of Israel. They are part of people of Israel. Mm. Um, and that started with Ethiopia, with the Jew, Jews in, from Europe. Mm. Um, I'll just give you a small example. When I was in, in New Zealand, um, when I arrived, I decided to do meetings with, among the Jewish community. And one of the person told me, okay, you have to meet this girl. Uh, her name is Zahai. She's in the from the Jewish community. Her name is Zahai, and I was I was sure that she's Ethiopian because Zahai it's a very Ethiopian name. Zahai means a son, the son mm. in in Amharic. Okay. And I said, okay, that would be great to meet another Ethiopian Jew. And I meet her, and she's totally not Ethiopian. <laughs> she's a nice blonde <laughs> woman, um, mm. and I I was curious to know where did she get the, her Amharic name from. Mm. Uh, apparently her mother she she's a new zealander she went to london uh, to do her phd about anthropology anthropology about uh, the lost tribes mm. and she uh, her she decided to do a, her uh, field work on on the lost tribe in india and her professor told her listen india is taken go to ethiopia and she couldn't believe there are lost tribe in ethiopia Mm. And a young blonde woman going by herself to Ethiopia to villages. No one really believed her that she's part of people of Israel. Mm, so yeah. when she came, when she yeah, when she met our our community in Ethiopia, we didn't you know we didn't believe her. I mean that's what the story what she told me. They couldn't believe her. She had to go through some tests to answer some questions in the you know the Torah you know the the traditions the Jewish tradition. Just to you know, so we can believe that she's part of people of Israel. Mm. Um, yeah. To make a long story short, uh, that was in the time of um, uh, the Caesar Haile Selassie, before mm. the communist regime. And uh, she met the Caesar in Ethiopia, and uh, and the princess Sahai, and she says the princess, the Ethiopian princess, she was so beautiful, and she said that when she will have a daughter, she call she will call her Sahai. Wow. 
And she went back to New Zealand. She had a daughter she called her Tsahai. Many years later, an Ethiopian Jew diplomat of State of Israel coming to New Zealand and meeting that Tsahai. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Isn't it, uh, isn't it uh, amazing? That's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. Goodness gracious. And, uh, <laughs> it just, uh, God works in a very mis- mysterious ways. Absolutely. Um, without many connections, well, of course, that woman, she wasn't the first one. Uh, mm. But that connection led, you know, led uh, my community to realize there is a way to go back to Jerusalem. And once we found a way, that's it. And the state of Israel, you know, mind you, also the the community, the Jewish community in America also, uh, they advocate for us in, you know, so the United mm-hmm. States can help uh, bring us to uh, to Israel. Right. And we, you know, pushed and the Jewish community around the world pushed and the state of Israel uh, as well and they help us, you know, the, 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 the existence of the state of Israel, the existence, the existence of, of of Israel, is to be a safe home for every Jew that uh, that's willing to come to Israel. Okay, mm. that wants to come to Israel. There is a home. It doesn't matter where you are. You have a home. You have another home. Mm. Okay. So for us to go back home was very natural. To mm. move back to Israel. Okay, right. because that was the dream, regardless what happens in Ethiopia. Regardless what's happening in Ethiopia, there were, you know, some safe time, good times, and also there were like some bad times, like you know, for every citizen in Ethiopia. Now, obviously, the communist regime uh, in Ethiopia was one of the push, but we never stopped find, you know, seeking, you know, to to seek a way to come to to, to Israel. Mm. Okay, um, and the state of Israel once we created this, uh, opened the doors. That's the meaning of the Zionism. This is what Zionism is. Zion is Jerusalem. It's Jerusalem, and Zionism is just a political movement of the of the Jewish people to go back to Israel to rebuild our house. We mm. can we cannot build our temple, but to rebuild our house and to and to make it a safe, a successful, arriving place, and that contributing to the world as well. Mm. Yeah. Zionism is just going home. <laughs> yeah, that's Zionism. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's, definitely. Mm. And and Kasa, so I want to zoom out for a second and and because you mentioned um, how you got to Israel, how your family came to Israel, and I'm and I'm guessing that was Operation Moses. You said because it was in the eighties. Is that correct? Moses was in the eighties. Yes, Moses was in the eighties. Okay, and then uh, Solomon. It was in the 90s, 90s. May 1991. 91, yes, in ma'am. between, in between the the operations, there were small group of families that went to Israel in many ways. Right. My particular family, my well, my uncles, my aunts, and my extended family went through Sudan. Mm. My particular family, like my parents and and my and my grandparents from my mother's side, we decided to go through uh, through Addis Ababa through the capital. Mm. And it's funny, but my grandfather was against going to Israel because he said it's very dangerous mm. and we shouldn't do it. But when everyone left the village and they said, <laughs> well, we can't stay alone, <laughs> it's, it's not quite safe. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So mm. we went through Addis Ababa, the capital. Okay. And from there, the state of Israel helped us 
you know, to travel from Addis Ababa to Europe, from Europe to Israel. Okay. 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 That was the, that was the, the, um, yeah, that was the path. And then the big operation, the second big operation happened in, in May, 1991. I came to Israel in January, 1991 mm. in toward the end of the Gulf War. And when we arrived to Israel, it was like, welcome to Israel. Here's your gas mask. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, where is, where is the, it was Jerusalem. Where is the yeah. <laughs> Jerusalem? Go on the temple. Right. Now. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. That, was, that was, that was amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, and, yeah. and so with those operations, and then you even mentioned to just recently, I mean, Ethiopians, uh, more Ethiopian Jews were brought into Israel just, just as recent as last week. Um, what do you, what do you believe this does for Ethiopia's relationship with Israel and also for the broader relationship between Israel and Africa, if you could talk on that. In in general, uh, when with the recreation of the state of Israel, one of the statements of Israel was to help communities wherever they are, to help with our knowledge, with our, with our experience. And with Africa, Israel was the, you know, the first, thing that Israel did with Africa is to help uh, the communities, the villages, in terms of agricultural technologies. Mm. Uh, for example, the usage of water smartly in, in agriculture. Mm. So um, we call we have a program, uh, Israel Foreign Aid, it's called Mashab. And our Mashab work first was in Africa. And Golda Meir, our first female uh, prime minister, before she became prime minister, as a foreign minister, uh, she went to Africa to help women, to empower women, hmm. to 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 give them the skills how to to work in in how to be more productive in in agricultural uh, agricultural field. Wow. Okay. So that's in addition uh, when we came to you know to. To Israel, when the Ethiopian Jews moved to to Israel, uh, we're just helping to strengthen the the relationship between Ethiopia and and Israel. And there are a lot of young Ethiopians, Israelis that go to Ethiopia. They volunteer uh, or business people uh, and strengthening the 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 businesses. Um, mind you, Ethiopia. You know, we have the special grain called teff. That's that's how we make our injera from. And Ethiopia um, export the TEF only to Israel. Okay, and we're doing a lot of projects also in 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 Ethiopia and helping Ethiopia build uh, build in terms of agriculture, technologies, and other, and other things. Uh, so the relationship with Africa started in the fifties, in early fifties, um, and it's still going on and uh, and expanding. and And I think it's great. Um, uh, to, that Israel uh, bringing the knowledge, the know-how, uh, bringing to to the countries in Africa and helping them in many in many ways. And we have uh, a lot of trainees that are coming to Israel uh, for a training in many ways, in agriculture, in education, and many others, in many other way. Um, so it's just um, so the relationship between Israel and Africa was way back in the in the early fifties, uh, and with Ethiopia, once the uh, the communist regime uh, fell, uh, and Ethiopia was open again to the world, 
definitely Israel stepped in to help to help rebuild Ethiopia. Wow, wow. Yeah, and Israel was always there. I mean, uh, I mean, the relationship between Ethiopia and Israel goes way back in the King of Solomon and Absolutely. King of Solomon and King uh, Queen of Sheba. Mm. Uh, it never stopped. But you know, mind you, the communist regime in Ethiopia was it closed Ethiopia to you know to to anyone. Mm, right, uh, right. Once they re, yeah, once the Ethiopia reopened, we stepped in to help. Absolutely. And uh, we have a lot of exports in many many uh, fields going to Ethiopia to help in education, in uh, in medical field. Not only that, you know, uh, the best medical students in in Israel medical school they go and they, after they graduate they go and they and they volunteer in Ethiopia mm. wow. and a lot of professors uh, professors in in, in in the hospitals uh, or in in, in science uh, they go to Ethiopia to teach and to to share the knowledge um Wow. I, I know that because my 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 friends then in medical school they went there and the professors they went there that I know they they went there to help um especially in uh, tropical diseases and those kind of things um yeah and you know it's the history of Israel in Ethiopia it's connected way back thousands of years so if you learn the history of Ethiopia you learn the history of Israel the kingdom of Israel. Mm. You see, and if you learn the history of of Israel and the kingdom of Israel, you learn about Ethiopia as well. Hmm. It's even the language Amharic; it's a Semitic language. Right. There are right. three Semitic languages: Arabic, Hebrew, and Amharic. Hmm. And if you learn Amharic and Hebrew, you know Arabic. If you know Arabic and Hebrew, you know Amharic. Wow! <laughs> you know? Wow! It's it's a, it's very well connected. It's it's amazing the story. Uh, people who knows understand who understand the Amharic and the words. It's some of them are Hebrew words. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like the word Tesfa, hope. Yeah. Tikva in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, yes. And you know, and and I wanted to say too because you mentioned the Queen of Sheba, and and we always say this too to to our students is that the the very first diplomatic exploit, if you will, that was made to Israel was from from Africa from Ethiopia the the first diplomatic relations that was really made uh to the kingdom of Israel in in history in, in Israel's history was Ethiopia right um and and yeah. you're right you cannot learn about one without learning about the other it's it's impossible exactly it's impossible. exactly Ex exactly exactly yeah. and uh the more you know about Ethiopia the more you know about Israel Mm. And um, and you know when we talk about you know for example anti-Zionist people, what mm. does that mean to be anti-Zionist? Like, are you becoming anti-Ethiopian too? Anti-history of the world? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> that's good. Where, where do you stop? Where do you stop? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, wow. It's, it's, like, if you dismiss the connection between Jews and Israel, mm. are you dis? The connection between Ethiopians and Ethiopia. I mean, that's just a small example. Right, right. <laughs> no, that's good. No, anti-history of the world. I mean, really, that's you're absolutely right. When we just said earlier, yeah, Zionism is going. It's going home. It's it's really the Jewish people going back home. Yeah. So, exactly. how can you how can you be anti-Zionist uh, unless you're just anti the returning anti 
like everything that has to do with history and, and the Jews, you know? Um, no, absolutely. Casa. And I want yeah. to, um, you know, you've been so gracious and I thank you for, for sharing these things with us. I want to ask you another question, um, for our audience. Um, if, if you could sum up the Ethiopian Jewish story in one word, uh, what word would you choose and tell us why you would choose that word? That would be Zionism. Hmm. That's a good word. Just pure Zionism. Mm. The Ethiopian Jewish history that we were exiled of, of Israel years, many years ago, mm. okay, thousands of years ago. And our, our story of going back to Jerusalem, mind you, Zion is Jerusalem, is Jerusalem, mm. okay, mm. to return home is just Zionism. Hmm. That's the in one word to define my story, my community story. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Casa. Yeah, That's and a... and we we are we the indigenous people, we kept the, our history, our faith every we we prayed every morning, every night to go back home to Jerusalem. And that was the dream. And that was like every Jew person dream in every corner of the world. Hmm. Let me ask, let me ask you another follow-up question to that. You said that was the dream. So then if I can ask this, what is the dream now for the Ethiopian Jewish community? For you even. For me, that our children and young generation will be successful and will be leaders uh, and uh, continue um, building Israel part of just natural part of Israel, they are part of Israel. Mm. But to be successful and to be in a decision-making table and to lead, uh, to be part of the leadership of Israel and just to be a fine citizen that contribute to the to the country. That's mm. the dream. And, uh, and, and, and you know what? The dream is coming true. Mm. There are young, amazing, successful, brilliant people among uh, my community that are, you know, I'm so optimistic about the future, so optimistic. Mm. It's going to be amazing and great leadership we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At, well, Casa, thank you so much. That's a beautiful note to end on. I, I really appreciate you for, for being here and sharing with our listeners today. Um, Y'all, this is this is Casa Harbor. And um, Casa, is there any any parting thought that you want to leave with us before you before you say goodbye I would just say whatever you think about Israel think positive and spread the word absolutely (laughs) thank you very much for having me thank you Casa (laughs) thank you so much and thank Thank you all for tuning in again uh, this is the JW show I'm Joshua Washington director of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel and I'm signing off Mm -hmm.